When you first started using that first computer after leaving Guinea, could you ever imagine the scale of what you're doing today? No, I wouldn't really imagine back then that the scale I am working on today would have been possible. And what tomorrow going to be is completely a better one. And my kids going to live a better life than I live. And they're going to live a high advanced technology that I know it today. And I'm excited about it. This is Where the Internet Lives, a show about the unseen world of data centers and the people who keep them running. I'm Stephanie Wong, and I'm your guide through the physical spaces that make up the internet. This season, we're exploring those spaces alongside the folks who actually design, build, and operate them. People like Mamoudou Di Diallo. Do you prefer Mamoudou or Di in this case? Uh, in this case, you can call me D to make uh, the conversation easier. I like simple things. D is a site manager for Google's data center in New Albany, Ohio. And his job is to make complicated things as simple as possible. As we've heard in the last few episodes, the roles required to run a data center are as complex and diverse as the technology itself. Server technicians, mechanical engineers, networking, security detail. You need an organization that hires those teams and coordinates them. D runs that organization. So I am responsible and accountable for all operational IT activities and then also all the project related to it, including uh, managing the campus core network and hiring and training and specifically making sure that we deliver capacity for the Google Cloud and for the customers. Dee is a veteran of the data center world. He's managed IT operations for 20 years, from small on-premise clusters of servers to warehouse-sized computers. He still vividly remembers the first time he walked into a hyperscale facility with hundreds of thousands of machines. So uh, when I walk into the room, it's like a small child. I'm seeing two football fields full of machines that I have to manage, that I'm responsible. And I'm trying to learn everything that make it successful and what also holding it back. Like probably the first time I see that computer Dee can harness that youthful fascination because he also vividly remembers life without computers, growing up in a small village in the West African country of Guinea. I don't know if you ever watch the documentary or TV, you see uh, kids uh, rolling the bike wheel and running with it. I am one of those, those kids. So I walk to school every day and going back home almost uh, five miles every single day. Dee's family had little money. His mother died when he was young. So his grandmother played a strong maternal role in his life. Some of his most vivid memories are playing soccer until dusk and then helping his grandmother tend to her 150 cows. I had really a very good memory uh, growing up in those villages. Dee pushed himself hard at school. Each year, a top student in Guinea was sent to study outside the country with schooling paid for by the government. And in 1991, it was him. One morning, he saw some of his siblings sitting with his grandmother. They were waiting to tell him the news. At age 17, he had been selected to study in the Soviet Union in Kiev, Ukraine. So having that chance and be able to, to go into the big city and be the, one of the best in the country really changed my life forever. Yeah, wow. That's quite an achievement to be the best in not just your town, city, but the country. It's amazing. So... What emotions were you feeling when you left Guinea for Kiev? You want to be successful. And not only successful, but best of what you do, because 
you leave your country, you represent your country, you don't want to go somewhere and not be able to, to maintain that status to be capable of representing the country. It was an opportunity of a lifetime. But Dee had a lot riding on his move to Kiev. He wanted to make his country proud. He left his family, his friends, the world he knew. And his workload doubled as he balanced coursework with learning a new language. He experienced many firsts during those years, including his first time using a computer. I heard about it in the book, but I never had the chance to see a computer or to touch a computer. And now I have a class called computer science. And uh, when I start seeing the computer and we start having that conversation in the class, I realize that's really where the world will be. So I take all my time to learn what is a computer. That's, I'm getting shivers just imagining and, you know, you see something in your book as a kid. And finally, you get to a place where it's, you get to be up close and personal with a computer for the first time. Can you recall the first time you used it? It's in real because I heard about it and I'm seeing a computer, a keyboard at front of me, but I don't know how to use it because I never had the chance to use it in the past. So, and I don't want to break it. I don't want to do something that I don't supposed to be doing. So I really take peace at the time. I, when I learn what the keyboard is, I learn what the monitor is. I learn each pieces of the machine, what you do to get what. And I think that really helped me a lot later because now some people learn just how to, what the software is, the, you know, how to write a program but they didn't get the chance to learn what the computer is internally. So I, I see this machine and I said, this is going to change everything. And I would like to be part of the change. Russian was Dee's second language. Computer programming was his third language. His fourth language became English when he ventured to Ohio State University in 1997 to study computer science. One of his professors recognized his talent and recommended him for a job at a major national bank. So in this case was uh, really managing the data center. So I was part of that team to trying to test, to move all the technology back into the bank. With the expansion of ATMs, virtual stock trading, and online banking in the early 2000s, this large financial institution needed someone to manage its growing data center operations. That person was D. Managing the data center meant standing at monitors to make sure nothing went wrong and often physically running to servers to fix them. And then one sunny September morning, Dee saw a huge part of the network go dark. And uh, we start seeing our servers in New York dropping out, all of them, in the, in the Wall Street, the data center that we have over there. He said, hmm, that's impossible. He called his technician on the ground, no answer. He paged him, no response. And then one of his colleagues took a break. And uh, he went outside, he finds several uh, people sitting back there and was crying. And he asked them why. They said, uh, we have been attacked and in New York and in Wall Street. And at that point, we realized, really, our machine went down because of, of what's going on there. It was September 11th, 2001. After those attacks took down the network, Dee and his team shifted their strategy. They improved communications so they could better manage internal and external threats. They kept an eye on the news via multiple TVs. And then in 2003, all the machines went down again. Their preparations made a difference in response times. Boom. 
And then we thought there was another attack. But uh, and after, through the investigation, we realized that it wasn't really an attack. It was just a power outage. And uh, that made, it, made a big difference, big changes. So between September 11th and the power outage that caused the East Coast regions to go down, what did they teach you about the stakes of keeping server infrastructure running at all times? A lot. I think what happened really changed the way we're doing business. Uh, because you always have to guarantee your customer that uh, you're providing the services regardless of the situation. And in this case, you have a lot of company that was heavily impacted, uh, not only uh, from the infrastructure perspective, but also from financial uh, perspective. So from if I go back to the infrastructure, now you need to make sure that you will be available all the time. So I need to have not only one location, even if I have one location, what that location is interacting with the rest of my environment. So that if something happened to one piece, the other pieces will keep running. So it's definitely from infrastructure perspective, we change everything. D learned through experience how to create resilient data centers. And he brought that experience to Google, where the scale has increased exponentially from hundreds of machines to hundreds of thousands of machines. So the scale is completely different. So in your day-to-day at Google, what would I find you doing? What does your average day look like? My average day look like uh, really a partnership. I really spend a lot of time partnering with a lot of groups within the company because I am at the data center and I manage the servers and the network devices for the company and in New Albany. But I am dependent to the construction team. In a way, they're the one who really building the building. And then they're the one who running all my fiber. And then I'm depending to the logistic team, to the one who's going to deliver all the machines. I am dependent to the security that really responsible making sure that everything is secure in the building. I am dependent on the safety team to make sure that everything we're doing is safe and clean. And uh, I'm also dependent of my program management. So the team that are going to coordinate all these activities to make sure that we are successful to what we're doing. That is just a sample of the many tech and operations teams that D depends on to make the data center run smoothly. And they're all working in service for one priority, making sure the internet is available at all times to all customers. Reliability isn't only about technology. It's also about building a culture of shared accountability. Usually when we have in these high stake issues, we want to make sure that people are not taking it personal. And then also, we don't blame anybody for anything. In this case, we want to let the team know we are there to support them and making mistakes is okay. And uh, we, we, we learn from those mistakes. So we all succeed as a team. We all fail as a team. So it's worked very, very well. It's a teamwork, not an individual one. Dee's other big passion isn't just managing teams, but building them. As someone who grew up with little financial wealth and who didn't touch a computer until he was 17, he believes that data center talent can be found anywhere. So one thing that I notice or chatting with people a lot of time, when you said you're working on the data centers, they think that you need to have a PhD. You need to have 
all this degree, but that's not really the case. So when you say Google, everybody look at a software company, but yet we are hiring mechanical engineer, electrical engineer, and we're hiring server engineer, and all these people are being employed in the data center. It doesn't require you to have a master degree to be hired. Dee's job has high consequences in the real world. He runs teams of people who are installing, maintaining, and planning the technical infrastructure inside data centers. They need to build or fix servers quickly, anticipate spikes in demand, or act quickly if there's an outage. He takes the pressure seriously, but he manages that pressure in the same way he dealt with the pressure of representing Guinea as a 17-year-old student abroad, with humility, a passion to learn, and a desire to lift others up. I came from that village in, in Africa, as I told you, I live in many places in the world and I work in different organizations in different roles. It shaped me, uh, I can call it in a good way. It made me feel that I am still learning every single day. So I approach my leadership in that way. So I never assume anything. And there will be always sometimes challenges, but those challenges is expected. If everything was easy, it wouldn't be interesting. I know people who didn't have a food to eat at night, but I know people who have a lot, including me. I enjoy helping people and specifically knowing where I came from and now who I am and where I am, I would like to give back. So that's the life I live every day. Mamudu Diallo is the Server Operations Manager at Google's data center in Ohio. If you want to learn more about building your career at a data center, click through the link in the show notes. Where the Internet Lives is produced by PostScript Media in collaboration with Google. You can subscribe to the show on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you access your shows. And please give us a rating if you like the series. I'm Stephanie Wong. Thank you for listening. <laughs>